Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father and our God, tonight we ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we ask that you unfold the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit in such a way that our lives will never be the same. We ask, O Lord, for his direction. We ask, O Lord, for his insight. And we ask, O Lord, for the grace of the full, a full baptism, a filling and a refilling of the Holy Spirit. And we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray, O Lord, that as each person joins, we realize some people are joining with very, very heavy hearts. And we ask, oh Lord, that you lighten the load and that Father Almighty God, you grant each person a necessary miracle so that they may continue, that they may keep going and that they may glorify your name. Thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you for your kindness and your grace. We thank you for everybody who's joining by podcast. We are grateful and we celebrate them and we ask you to bless them just as you bless us. In Jesus' most holy name, we have prayed. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight um, we stopped last um, two weeks ago. We were speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And where we stopped, um, we looked at the five key benefits of the Holy Spirit's presence. And the reason we did so is we're systematically going through how you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, we also realize you can be filled and filled again, but this is especially for those people who have not been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we're just going through the benefits so that everyone is clear. And it just hopefully it will take everybody's journey and walk with the Holy Spirit to the next level. And so we left off last week um, or two weeks ago, we left off looking at the fact that the Holy Spirit is our source of all achievement and function. That was the last thing we mentioned. And so now we're going to press on. And so let's have a look, understanding that this is leading up to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's have a look at the magnitude of the need that we face, although we have spoken about it a little bit. But we'll do it again now so that the, whoever is listening is, is clear, especially if they're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, if there are any questions, please put them in the chat and I will take them um, towards the end of the meeting, um, if that's okay. All right. Thank you. So the second uh, scripture for tonight is found in Matthew chapter 3. And we will be reading from verses 11 to 17. That's 11 to 17. Um, that will be our foundation scripture. And I'm going to read from the Bible in basic English. Um, it's a great story and, and everything is there. And the Bible says the following from verse 11. The Bible says, truly, I give baptism with water to those of you whose hearts are changed. But he who comes after me is greater than I, whose shoes I am not good enough to take up. He will give you baptism with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This is John the Baptist speaking about Jesus Christ. Um, speaking about the Christ, he actually doesn't know that it's Jesus, it's Jesus Christ. Yet he's speaking about the Christ. And the Bible says, in whose hand is the instrument with which he will make clean his grain? And he will put the good grain in his store, but the waste will be burned up in the fire, which will never be put out. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be given baptism by him. But John would have kept him back, saying, it is I who have need of baptism from you. And do you come to me? But Jesus made answer, saying to him, let it be so now, because so it is right for us to make righteousness complete. Then he gave him baptism. That means John the Baptist baptized him. And Jesus, having been given baptism, straight away went up out of the water. And the heavens opening, he saw the Spirit of God coming down on him as a dove. And a voice came out of heaven saying, this is my dearly loved son with whom I am well pleased. 
The first scripture that I want you to, to understand when we're talking about the death, the level of need, the what I want you to notice is this. Jesus comes to John the Baptist. He comes to be baptized. And the Bible says, especially when you read the accounts in other, other gospels, that John the Baptist said, I didn't know who he was. And so Jesus comes and the Holy Spirit reveals to John that this is the Messiah. And the first thing that John says when Jesus says, baptize me, John was baptizing with water. The first thing that John says is, I have need of the baptism that you are going to provide. You see, John understood by the Holy Spirit that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is the difference maker for all of us. And we will look, we've looked at that over the last few weeks. The person and ministry of the Holy Spirit, he is the difference maker. He's the one that makes it all worth it. So the magnitude of our need is extreme. And he reaches out to Jesus and he says, you're asking me to baptize you, but I need the baptism that you're going to bring. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that indicates the fact that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is essential for all of us. Essential. Okay, the next scripture I'd like you to turn to, and I'm going to go, um, I may go quite quickly. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Luke 11, verse 13. And I also want you to realize, especially if you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I'd like you to keep this in mind. Luke 11, verse 13, the Bible says the following, if then you who are evil are able to give good things to your children, how much more will the Father, your Father in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who make requests to him? Now, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is explaining prayer. And he wanted to explain how far God will go in the place of prayer with you and I. And so he presents to us that the highest thing that you can ask for from the almighty God is that he gives you his Holy Spirit, because that changes everything. Because then the you and God are dwelling in are dwelling together and the, the, the experience of Emmanuel, God with us, will be at its fullest. The Bible says that Jesus said on the back of prayer, God will do this. But he also presents the fact that the highest need of a man when he comes into the place of prayer is to ask the father after you've asked for salvation is give me your Holy Spirit. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand the magnitude of the need not only, it's, it's such a desperate need. And I want to also point out something about this. And, and, and hopefully this is building up your anticipation. So when you come to ask for the Holy Spirit, as hopefully if we get there tonight, by God's grace, we will, just ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to answer also, I want you to know also that not only is it God's intention to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, but it's something that you can desire, something that is worth reaching for and I really want that hunger to be built in you let's have a look at one more scripture and this time Jesus is speaking and listen to what he says to his disciples so please turn with me to Acts chapter 1 and I'm going to read from verse 1 um, I'm going to read from verse 1 and I'm going to read this um, in the King James version of the Bible um, Acts chapter 1 verse 1 and it literally is the start of the book. And, and remember, Acts is written by Luke. And Luke is writing to a person called Theophilus. And he's laying out the gospel and the journey through Acts. So Theophilus, who has become a Christian, understands exactly what he, what he has and what he needs to do. And he blessed the rest of us by do, writing, that, um, writing these two books. And so I'll start from verse 1. The Bible says the following, the former treatise that I have, have I made, O Theophilus, of all Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, 
to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart. Now notice, this is Jesus speaking. And he said, being assembled, verse four, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father. Saith he, you have heard of me, which saith he, you have heard of me. Verse five, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And I'm going to keep reading. And this is Jesus keeps talking. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Will you wipe out the Romans? Will you give Israel back its king? Will you restore the kingdom? You know, everything will come back as it was. Notice what he says. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father have put in his power, in his own power. Verse eight, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you realize Jesus specifically tells his disciples that the next phase of your experience with me, your next phase of your walk as believers, he said, it is critical that you stay in Jerusalem until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, that's what John was talking about. And this is what's going to come to pass. And so Jesus says, before you go and try and do anything, before you tell anyone about me, before you try and do all the wonderful things that I promised, wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason I'm saying that, ladies and gentlemen, is so we understand this is the magnitude of our need of the person of the Holy Spirit, not just when you get saved, where a measure of the Holy Spirit is there, and that measure, ladies and gentlemen, is sufficient to take you straight to heaven, that's fine. But this is so that you can be filled. And Jesus makes a statement, so that you may be witnesses. That means you may tell a world that doesn't believe that this is who Jesus is, and you will be able to prove what you are saying to be true by the signs and wonders that the Holy Ghost will do through you to prove what you're saying is right. That's what a witness is. And Jesus said, for you to do what I've asked you to do next, the Holy Spirit is an essential. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in the very same way, I'm, I'm presenting the same thing for you. And so remember, if this is the case, it is in God's interest. It is in the interest of the kingdom of God. It is in Jesus's heart that when you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will grant it to you. And the beautiful thing is the Bible says in Matthew 3, 11, that it is Jesus that will fill you with the Holy Spirit when you ask the Father about it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I wanted to bring before you as we start, that the magnitude of our need of the Holy Spirit is detailed in those three scriptures. So he is somebody we desperately need. And Jesus said, if you look at the teaching in Luke 11, just let me paraphrase that, just as we come to our declaration, Jesus said, the Lord will not answer because you are his friend, but because you find yourself in a need you cannot solve. And he said, to meet that need, I'll send the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's take our declaration, ladies and gentlemen, it's 714. And let's do it together. For those of you that don't know it, it is in the chat. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed 
in the name of Jesus. And everybody says amen. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in the world, whatever you are going through, may the land that is yours, whether that be school, country, workplace, whatsoever, may it be healed. May the healing of the almighty God heal your land. And may you live a peaceful and prosperous life because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the next point. I know we're moving a little bit quickly tonight. Okay, the second thing I want to point out about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this. And I hope this gives you a lot of reassurance, a lot of reassurance. The Holy Spirit is always poured out and it always he always is poured out or transferred into a person's life by the Lord God, our Lord Jesus. That means when you come to ask for the Holy Spirit, you are asking the person who does it. Nobody else and nothing else is going to find its way on into your inside. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is always poured out by the Lord God. And that's the second thing we want to look at tonight. And so when, what I also want you to, to do, to, ladies and gentlemen, especially if you're believing God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time, or for a refreshing, the Lord pours the Holy Spirit out. And he constantly uses the image of water. And so please turn in your Bible to Joel 2, verse 28. And in Joel 2, verse 28, we see the promise of the Holy Spirit being poured out so joel 2 verse 28 and the bible says the following and it shall come to pass afterward that i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will i pour out my spirit Notice, ladies and gentlemen, glasses do not fill themselves. Kettles do not fill themselves. And so what the Lord is saying is, I know you have a need and I will manage the entire process so you can be confident when you come to ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, God said, I want to pour out my spirit. I will do so at one particular time. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh and I'm going to fill each person. So ladies and gentlemen, as we come to ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we know for a fact that it's been promised. This is the, um, the prophet Joel writing years before Jesus Christ has arrived. And so we realize that this is something the Lord has promised. But let's keep going. And I want you to notice the fact that God constantly says he pause so that the image of water is clearly used when we hear about the holy spirit john chapter 7 verses 37 to 38 john 7 john 7 verses 37 and i'm going to read 238 and jesus is speaking about the holy spirit so now jesus is speaking in his earthly ministry about the ministry of the holy spirit the Bible says in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, that as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, and that's where we'll stop. Verse 39. And the Bible says, but this spake he of the spirit, which they, they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. That means, and what we see in the book of Acts is that the Holy Spirit was poured out after Jesus had literally built a relationship between us and God. And so all of a sudden now God can dwell with us. Our sins have been cleansed. We have been prepared. That's where we've been made righteous and we are sanctified by the victory of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And therefore the Holy Spirit can now be poured into our hearts, just like God said he would do in Ezekiel 36, where he said that I will put my spirit in your spirit. 
purely for your reference. I won't turn there today. Purely for your reference, if you would like that, it is Ezekiel 36. That's the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. You can read from 25 and stop at verse 28. The verses I'm speaking about are verses 26 and 27, where the Lord said, I'll give you a new spirit, and then I will put my spirit into your spirit, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and obey my commandments. That's what the Lord was saying. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that when Jesus and when the Bible and when Jesus personally is speaking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he speaks as one speaking of water. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, notice a glass has to do nothing except stand there to allow somebody to fill it in the very same way the work to fill you with the Holy Spirit has been done by God the Father, God the Son, and that's already done. The, all you and I have to do is ask, and the rest is in the hands of the Lord. So ladies and gentlemen, please be confident about that. This is not something you have to work up. It doesn't, and so we'll, we'll talk about that as we go on. Okay, all right, let me, let's, let's, now let's have a look. Let's have a look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit in action. And what I want to do is I'm going to look at four places where the baptism of the Holy Spirit shows up. And this is where we, we're going to go into the book of Acts and see the actual fulfillment of the promise. And I want you to notice something really key. When we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay, so I'm going to go through all four. So let's go to the first one. Acts chapter 2 and I'm going to start at verse one. And so this was the first time the Holy Spirit is poured out. So they've done what Jesus said. They stayed in Jerusalem. The Bible does record he spoke to 500, only 120 remained. And that this is what we now find. So let's have a look at the story. It's wonderful. Acts chapter two, verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's 40 days after Passover, they were all with one accord in one place. That means they were all in one place for one reason. They had a complete agreement and they were waiting for the promise of the Father. And the Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared up unto, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. We will stop at verse four. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So I'm going to stop reading there. So this is the first time the Holy Spirit baptism comes. And notice the evidence of his presence. That means the way they knew he was there in this particular case, it was spectacular. There was wind, there was cloven tongue. When we say cloven tongues of fire, that means literally upon each person, there was a representation of fire indicative of the fact that Jesus's sacrifice had been accepted. That means mankind was once more, his sacrifice had been accepted and he now pours out the Holy Spirit. And just like John said, he said, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so that happens. Prophecy is fulfilled in its entirety. And the Bible says the evidence of the, the fact that this is a reality comes in verse four. And the Bible says they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the wonderful blessings. When the Holy Spirit fills them, he literally gives them utterance and they begin to speak in languages they have not learned. They begin to speak in tongues. And listen, this is the wonderful thing about praying. And we're, we're going to talk about the details of praying in the Spirit as we go forward. But what you begin to realize is, notice the evidence of his presence 
was that they began to pray in tongues. And so that's the first time we see it. So let's keep going. Um, let's come with me, please, to Acts chapter 8, verse 14. So Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Um, and the Bible says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, or then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, and I'm going to keep reading to verse 19. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered the money. Simon is a sorcerer who lived in that area, and he just wanted power. He had become a believer, but when he saw the power that happened when Peter and John laid hands on the people, um, they were... They were actually at, if I'm not right, if I'm not wrong, um, Samaria. When he saw that power, he said, I want that. I want the ability to do that because he really wanted control. That's, that, that's in the story. You'll see that in Acts chapter 8. And the Bible says, verse 19, saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Peter rebukes him quite sharply because, listen, it's, it's, he challenges him that, look, your heart's not right. This is none of your business. And the Bible says, but Peter, and I'll read from verse 20. But Peter said unto him, thy money, the money, thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Verse 22 Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. And Peter summarizes it in verse 23. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. That means you have, that you're being, that you have a real problem. That was him in particular. What I want you to notice, ladies and gentlemen, is this. When Peter and John came down and laid hands on them, every single one of them was filled. In the book of Acts, all 120 were filled. No exception. So we realize that God's keeping his word, but let's let's make sure that we're there. That I want to drive this point home. Um, I really do. Turning your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Peter has been sent to the Gentiles. So this is the first time that um, the Holy Spirit, is, that the Lord is reaching out to the Gentiles. Primarily, he was reaching out to the Jews. Now he's reaching out to the Gentiles. Peter has been sent there. Great story. Please read it in Acts chapter 10. And this is the culmination of Peter's sermon. And the Bible says the following. Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Verse 45, and they of the circumcision which believed that Jewish people of a Jewish faith who have become believers, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then the Bible says, then answered Peter and he went on. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand is this. When Peter was speaking, he touched nobody. In the first instance, there was a spectacular infilling. The second instance, there was 
they laid hands on them and they prayed for them. Third instance, the Bible says that Peter was just preaching the word, just like I'm speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit fell upon everybody that was speak, that was present and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in tongues. And so ladies and gentlemen, I also want you to notice not a single person was left out. And so when, so that means everybody, God wants everyone filled with the Holy Ghost because everybody needs him to literally do and be what God wants them to do and be. Let's keep going. Last one for this particular point, and then we'll summarize. Please turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 19. So Acts 19, and I'm actually going to read from verse 1. Acts 19 from verse 1, and I'm going to read from 1 to 7. Acts 19, 1 to 7. And this is what the Bible says. And the Bible says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism, which is the baptism of repentance. That was the one we spoke about when Jesus was baptized. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. That's what we've done, ladies and gentlemen. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. For instance, this. What I want you to notice before you pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whether that be an infilling whereby you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit before and the Holy, the Lord is going to fill you afresh, or you are asking God for the baptism for the first time, couple of things we noticed from the four instances each time the infilling was spoken about in the book of Acts. First, everybody present was filled. God did not leave anybody out. And that's actually a very practical, there's a practical reason for that. If what Jesus said in Luke 11 verses 1 to 13 is true, that the Lord will give you the Holy Spirit because you are confronted with a need that you cannot meet. That means you literally can't get through life without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What I want you to understand, please hear me well, what I want you to understand is that that means it would be, let me use a phrase I'm fond of, it will be criminal to use a phrase like that for a father to say, I'm going to give seven of my children, but I'm going to leave out four. And there's no way God's like that. That means when you ask for the Holy Spirit, the Lord said, I'm going to do it. And there's nothing that's going to leave you out. Once you are a believer, he said, the next thing I want to do is fill you with the Holy Ghost. Now, you also realize, let me also point this out really clear. Clearly, let me turn in the Bible. Um, this is what Jesus said to all his disciples. Can you turn in your Bible to Matthew 28, verse 18? Matthew 28, verse 18, and I'm going to read to verse 20. The Bible says, and Jesus came, this is when Jesus, this is the end of the book of Matthew, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That's an instruction. That's the great commission, ladies and gentlemen, that has been given to everybody. Now, if 
all of us are meant to go and in our own sphere and area, teach nations, change worlds, literally do the things Jesus said, listen to me very carefully. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit enables us to do that there's no way the Lord will leave you out when you ask for the Holy Ghost. And he's not going to make you wait for it. He's not, it's not going to happen. And I want you to understand that God's desire is to enable you and I to do what he said. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's the first thing I want you to understand about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere we saw the baptism, in the four examples in the book of Acts, everybody was filled because that's God's intention. The second thing I want you to notice is every single time the baptism of the Holy Ghost was recorded in the book of Acts, at this point in time, one way or another, three times directly and one time implied, the evidence of speaking in tongues was always present and they were all doing it. They were all doing it. Now, what you realize and what I want you to understand is praying in tongues, and we're going to speak about what that does. And, and it's not the only part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as we've already found out. He does so much, so many other things, but that part of his ministry is essential. That's how he grows us. Uh, we'll come to that. I, I won't go back over it, but actually, I'll say a couple of things there. Jude one twenty. when you're praying in the spirit, the Bible says God edifies you. Second Corinthians 14 verses one to three, second Corinthians 14 verses one to three, the Bible says you are able to speak of mysteries, secrets and hidden things with your father and nobody can stop it. And you are edified. And so what edified means to be built up, you grow in your walk with the Lord, your understanding. So the stats, Jude one twenty and 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 3. We realize that this is something God wants. It's 1 Corinthians, not 2. 1 Corinthians, thank you. What you begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, is that it is God's desire to speak with you clearly. It's his desire to build you up on the inside. Why would he therefore leave one of his children out? And so what I want you to understand is I want you to come into the, the place of prayer confidently. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, notice in all four examples, of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the Lord does the heavy lifting. Not you or I, all they did was show up. And I want you to please understand that. And that's how God wants us to live. I know we, many times we want to work for something. So I feel like, you know what, God, you didn't just do me a favor. I was part of it. No, I want you to understand this one is God by himself. The only person, and it's not the preacher that fills you with the Holy Ghost. It's not that, oh, this, this, this brother is more effective at filling with the Holy Ghost than this sister, or this pastor is better than this deacon, or this bishop. No, 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 that's, that's not the case. The only person who does the filling is Jesus Christ. All the rest of us do is pray. That's it. It doesn't, we're not special. It's God wanting to fill you with his spirit and nothing is going to stop him. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to have that mindset as we come into the place of prayer. And those are the three things that we saw. And we will deal with some of the, there's some questions that arise and some of them we may deal with in the next few moments, but let's see how we go. But first thing I want you to understand the way the Bible presents it is this. It is God's desire to fill you with the Holy Ghost it is God's desire that you pray in tongues, and it is God's desire to do it without your help, because he said Jesus will make it possible. So that's that. So let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to the next point. And it, so let's come to the crunch. So how do we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now, this is key. Please turn to Luke 11, verse 13. Luke 11, verse 13. And this is all that Jesus said you do. He doesn't say you have to fast and pray. 
He doesn't say you have to be holy. He doesn't say, he said, all you've got to do in verse 13 of Luke 11, he said, how much more, speaking, reading from the B part, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Turn with me, please. Let me put, let me just drive that home. John chapter four, verse, uh, let me go to John chapter four, and I'm going to read verse 10. Jesus speaking about the Holy Ghost again. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. Notice, he said to the lady, if you knew who was talking to you, you could have asked me and I would have given you a drink that will last for the rest of your life. And the Bible says in verse 13, um, verse 13, I'm just going to switch to the Bible in basic English. Verse 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who takes this water will be in need of it again. But whoever takes the water I will give him will never be in need of drink again. For the water I give him will become in him a fountain of eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, when you ask, I'll give. He laid no other conditions. None. Last scripture, which is a nice one um, that we're going to look at. Please turn in your Bible to John chapter 14. And I'm going to read from 12. It's, it's, it's a favorite one of mine. The Bible says, I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible because it's kind of emphatic. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Wonderful scripture. Verse 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand is this. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? Right where you are, unless you're flying an airplane. Listen to me very carefully. Right where you are, all you have to do is ask. And Jesus said, this prayer will never be denied. All you've got to do is ask. And you say, but no one's laying, is laying hands on me. That's fine. Notice, laying hands only showed up twice. The other times, God did it without. So, so it literally, where you are right now, all you have to do to be filled with the Holy Spirit is ask him. And the Lord will answer. Ask. And now you may say, okay, but when I ask, so what's going to happen? How will I know he's there? He will first things first, let's put, and this is, let me just make it, I'll try and, I can't make it any simpler. Jesus has made it as simple. Once you ask the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you are filled. Then, Come with me to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. I will have a look at what the Bible says. Acts 2, just to get this right. And the Bible says, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay. Notice, they were first filled, step one. Then the Holy Spirit gives them utterance, step two. To give somebody utterance is basically to enable somebody to say something 
on your behalf. So he enables them to say something. He puts words on their inside. And then step three, they say what they hear, even though they don't know the language they're speaking. And so, and ladies and gentlemen, let me also explain. You are not quote unquote possessed. You're not. You're filled. And that means if when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, when you pray and ask that Jesus fill me with the Holy Spirit and he answers, know for a fact, once you say amen, he's heard you, you are filled. You may not feel anything. You may not look any different. The same way you didn't look any different when you were saved. You didn't feel any different. But when you began to put what you believe to the test, you realize things are different. In the same way, when you ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, put it to the test. When I say put it to the test, literally start saying whatever you hear on your inside and it will not be English. So I can start speaking in tongues because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I can then switch. So I'm speaking to you in English right now. In the name of Jesus. And I can go straight back into English. What, and you may say, but pastor, what did you say? I have no idea, but I know that I'm praying the perfect will of God for something. And so what you begin to realize when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and when you are, when you begin to speak in other tongues, you're not always praying for something. Sometimes you are just building. It's like walking on a treadmill. You're building your muscles. You, it's like lifting weights. You're building your muscles until you need the extra strength you're working towards. So sometimes you might be walking down the road or you may be coming towards a tough exam. You may be coming towards a difficult season. And what you will realize is this. You are not praying for the exam to be special. You are just building. So when the opportunity or the need comes, the Bible says God has strengthened you on the inside. And you may just have to say one word. Or the Lord will lead you through your prayers to what to study. Or he will give you a breakthrough so that a pattern over your life breaks. That's the beauty. Please hear me. That's the beauty, the beauty of being filled with the Holy Ghost. So when you pray for the Holy Spirit, this is your first time, what will happen? The Holy Ghost will fill you. He will then, the ability to speak in tongues is a gift he gives. And then you start speaking. And that's what you've got to realize. There will be no mistakes. And so this is this is what happens. And I'm going to break something down in a moment because I've got a great question. Um, I'll break something down. Notice. So ladies and gentlemen, this is what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've let me, um, let's see how much time have we got. Yeah. I'm going to answer a question in the chat. And the chat is this. What's the difference between an automatic indwelling of the Holy Ghost when we accept Jesus as Lord and when we are filled with the Holy Spirit? And the difference that the Bible presents, ladies and gentlemen, is volume. Come with me to John chapter 4, where we were before. John 4. And this is what Jesus said to the lady at verse 14 and this is the indwelling presence when you give your life to Christ Jesus said but whosoever drinketh of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water notice it's a well or reservoir of water springing up into everlasting life it's a reservoir of water it's a sufficient amount that at that point you can draw from come with me ladies and gentlemen please and remember we're talking volume 
So this is when Jesus comes into your life. Come with me, please, to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. And this is a really good question, so I'm just going to break it down. It's wonderful. The Bible says the following. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Now, we realize that the Holy Spirit is. OK, sorry, somebody said I'm breaking up a bit. Am I clearer now? Um, you, you can just put a thumbs up in the chat. Am I clear? Um, hopefully that's clear, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. OK, so. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, counsel in the heart of man is as deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. So what that means is notice the Holy Spirit lives on your inside and he's there to guide you through all the challenges of life. And the Bible says he's there to ensure you get to everlasting life. That's the volume. It's a well of water. It's a reservoir. OK, it's a reservoir. Last scripture on this one. Please come with me to Proverbs 4.23. Um, yes, Proverbs 4.23. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible. Proverbs 4.23. And the Bible says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. So we have a spring. Twice the Bible speaks of a spring on your inside. And once it speaks of a reservoir of water. So that is when Jesus comes into your life and the Holy Spirit is there to make your salvation a reality, to make your relationship with God a reality. He's there as your teacher and your counselor. But now notice Jesus says to his disciples, wait here so that you can then move from just being, um, you are my believers, but now I want you to influence your world. Come with me to John chapter 7. And I'm going to read verses 37 to 38 and listen to the difference. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried and said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers, multiple of living water. We are talking floods so now we realize this the volume is different and it is flowing out of you come with me ladies and gentlemen i i, I know the best way to do it is with scripture so we realize the first three scriptures spoke of the indwelling presence and notice the volume now we're talking about the life-changing presence of the holy ghost and the bible speaks of rivers that out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers. There's going to be a flood. Okay, come with me to Acts chapter 1 and listen to what Jesus says, and then we'll move on. I'll read from verse 4. And the Bible says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Now remember, these guys are already believers. Then he said, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Pause. There is a difference with filling a reservoir and baptizing something in water. When you are baptized, we are talking more than enough. You are, the water is now not only within you, but you are in the water. So you are literally, so let me give you a picture. When the Lord saves you, the indwelling presence 
is like when you fill a glass with water. The glass contains the water and it's sufficient to get you to heaven. But when God baptizes you, he drops the glass into a bucket. That means not only do you have enough for you, but you have enough for whatever God wants to do through you. We are talking more than enough. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the fundamental difference. So I hope that's answered that question. And it was a really good one. So ladies and gentlemen, that's why the Jesus said, I want you to ask for the baptism. This is not the one that comes when you just give your life to Christ. This one is, I want you to ask for the infilling. When this happens, your world changes. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what we want to look at as we close out tonight. So what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and how do we access it? So please come with me. Let's look at a, a few things that happen when the Holy Spirit comes. What is the result? And the result is threefold. The result is threefold. So please turn in your Bibles. Let me, I'll start with two scriptures. They all say the same thing. Come with me first to Galatians chapter five. And we're going to look at verse 22 and 23. Listen to what the Bible says about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what does the what does the what does the Holy Spirit do? He literally causes you to bear fruit. What fruit do you bear? God. Because you are now flooded totally into the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says, God is love. So what does he enable to happen? When the ministry of the Holy Spirit comes, when you're praying in the Spirit, when you're walking in the Spirit, the Bible says the result is God. It comes through your actions, your words, and your thoughts. Or, and, and they're listed here. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the primary result of the influencing of the Holy Spirit is God. So wherever you go, when you give your life to Christ, you have enough and God is shaped on your inside. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, wherever you go, God spills into your outside. And you'll walk into a room and people will know you're different. Ministry happens, gifts happens, miracles happens. We've spoken about that already. So what's the result? The result, ladies and gentlemen, is God. And that means you, ladies and gentlemen, become fruitful. You bear the fruit of your father. And that changes the lives of those you come in contact with. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's pray together. Let's pray together now. For those of you that are filled with the Holy Ghost, those of you are not. We're just going to join our faith in simple faith and let's pray. And we're going to pray tonight. And tonight, Father Almighty God, we join our faith together. And we pause in our teaching and we say, Lord, wherever your children are, I pray, Father Almighty God. And I want you to do something, ladies and gentlemen. If you're believing God for the filling of the Holy Ghost, I want you to say a short prayer and I want you to put an amen in the chat if you can, raise a hand, raise a thumb. And once you finish praying, then I will say a prayer for you. And so while I'm praying, go ahead and do that. And know for a fact, once you say amen, we are good. And Father Almighty God, as your children ask for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, I join my faith with death. And I say, Father Almighty God, just like you said, in the scripture, that Father Almighty God, those that are asking you for the infilling, Father, you will grant them. All the people, Father Almighty God, whether they're listening or present, 
that are saying yes, that fill me with the Holy Ghost. I ask, Lord, wherever they are, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask you to fill each one just like you said. Fill them with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Fill them, Father Almighty God, with the evidence of signs and wonders. And fill them, Father Almighty God, so that they, from this moment forward, the rest of their life is different. I pray, Father Almighty God, that from this night, things will change forever. In Jesus' most holy name, and everyone said, Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time tonight. And we ask, O oh Lord, that tonight, for each person believing God for a miracle, that, Father, you grant each person. I pray, my Father, that the clarity of your teaching, the clarity of your word, and the strength of your Holy Spirit go with your children. Perform whatever miracles need to be performed in their lives. And we ask it in Jesus' most holy name. Amen and amen.